The narrative for the last two years is that the inflation genie was out of the bottle and we have to do anything and everything to stuff it back in. The hard lessons of hyperinflation aren't lost on economists and historians. The finger pointing that followed reached a fever pitched as investors licked their wounds inflicted by a bear market now 485 days and counting. Everyone, and I mean everyone, joined the flogging of Fed Chair Powell, including yours truly. You flooded the system with money. You started tightening financial conditions too late. You aren't hiking rates fast enough. You're hiking too fast. You need to keep slamming on the brakes. If you don't stop hiking now, life will end as we know it. So what would you do if you're Jay Powell after being beat up by anyone who could pick up a microphone or put pen to paper? I've long been a critic of the Fed and its chairman, but maybe it's the institution that's been perverted beyond the original set of mandates. Price stability and employment were hard enough, but in the last 15 years, the Fed was expected to save us from economic collapse during a financial crisis, a pandemic that brought the world to its knees, not enough workers, too many job openings, rising prices, rising wages, and if that wasn't enough, we threw in climate change and diversity. Are humans up to the task, or do we need superheroes that jump into action every time the bat signal goes up? Welcome to The Money Runner. I'm David Nelson. Jay isn't the first in a line of cape crusaders. Volcker slayed the inflation beast in the 80s. And of course, Bernanke went outside the Fed playbook with quantitative easing during the financial crisis. Today's Fed chairman is expected to be all things to all people and that no crisis isn't fixable by the Federal Reserve. Unfortunately, some of those heroic gestures can undermine a lot of the work still in front of us. Under Bernanke, they went beyond Fed funds policy, using an unlimited printing press to buy up assets, increasing the Fed's balance sheet at will. That took on a life of its own, pushing the balance sheet to levels few believe possible. Today, it's almost four times that level. Add an administration that is pumping trillions into the system, but angry with a new speaker that dares to suggest maybe... Just maybe before lifting the debt ceiling, we should have a conversation about what we can cut. The mainstream media will give Biden cover. But the passage of the House bill really puts the ball in the president's court. If, in fact, we do go to the wire, it will be the president that will shoulder the blame. Don't ask people now. Ask them when markets fall a quick 10 to 20 percent in days and U.S. debt is downgraded once again, you'll get a very different answer. Starting in March last year, it took Batman and his team 10 months to bleed off $620 billion from the Fed's balance sheet, while at the same time raising Fed funds at the next nine meetings, with a tenth expected this week. Under the best of circumstances, it will likely take a decade to normalize the balance sheet. We'll never get there if the Fed is forced to go into superhero mode every time there's a crisis. 
On the heels of Silicon Valley and signature bank failures, it took less than two weeks to undo more than half of that hard work, pushing up the balance sheet by $391 billion. First Republic is, of course, the latest failure, down 97% in the last eight weeks. And over the weekend, the Wall Street Journal reported J.P. Morgan and PNC were exploring bids for the troubled institution. The FDIC is also looking for other banks as well to step up and make an offer. Even if we get beyond the current banking crisis, and that's saying something, it's time to admit that while well-intentioned, the easing of certain regulatory requirements for smaller institutions, that may have been a mistake. Even more unnerving is that regulators, regardless of the rules, weren't up to the challenge or perhaps something worse. I expect managers of public companies to push the bounds of capitalism. And when they cross that line, should be stopped and punished, hopefully before they hurt someone. However, when cops look the other way or are sleeping on the job, it won't matter how strict the regulatory structure is. It can and will fail. We have another Fed meeting on our doorstep, and Batman Powell needs to take a step back and look at the big picture. While the Fed chair and President Biden may have lit the fuse on inflation, it was the Fed's endless list of mandates and Washington groupthink that sowed the seeds of an accident waiting to happen. The question is, what do we do about it now? For the Fed and Washington to wind, unwind mistakes that go all the way back to Clinton's repeal of Glass-Steagall in 1999, that's going to take decades. The Fed cannot do this on their own. Monetary and fiscal policy are going to have to work together. A Federal Reserve draining liquidity while the administration is pouring it back in isn't policy. It's chaos. No one at the Fed will admit it, and likely no one in Washington will. But we're going to have to learn to live with a little inflation. The idea that we can get to the Fed's 2% target without causing a train wreck is fantasy, especially given the conditions at hand. Telling Americans that you're going to kill their jobs and lifestyle as we head into an election year, that's not going to cut it for either political party. Not to mention there are geopolitical forces that have to be accepted as the new world order. The only policy that has bipartisan support in Washington is the hard pushback on China and the reshoring of critical supply chains and manufacturing back to the U.S. Few will admit it, but the world is witnessing the decoupling of the two largest economies on the planet. As long as President Xi is alive, that will be the only plausible path forward. Once you accept that, you have to accept the inevitable inflation that comes with it. For decades, China exported deflationary forces around the world. U.S. businesses eager to cut costs and perhaps gain access to the Chinese consumer smoked the Chinese opium. A decade later, the dealer shows his true colors, forcing much of the world to start moving their supply chains back home. It isn't going to be cheap, and by definition, goods and services will be more expensive. Fighting inflation is going to be more nuanced and will take a lot more than an aggressive Fed funds policy. A little inflation wouldn't be the worst thing. It makes the debt worth less, 
And the nominal increase in wages leads to an increase in taxes to help pay off the ballooning debt. 2%, forget about it. Learn to live with three or four. I get it. It's not ideal, but it is realistic. In some ways, inflation acts like a cancer eating away at our economy. Maybe Jay should talk to an oncologist. First rule in administering chemo is to not give the patient a dose that will kill them. Maybe it means higher for longer or combining it with a rational fiscal policy, but continued hikes because that's what the book of instructions says will end badly. The Fed has already broken a few banks and if they stay on the present course, will likely break something bigger. In the end, the goal isn't killing inflation. The goal is to kill inflation without killing the patient. Thanks for joining. I'm David Nelson.